when I make music, when I create art, when I write projects, those are some things that I just can't ignore because I feel those are the things that are most important to me and they shape who I am today. And I think it's important for people to exchange great ideas about the things that they are most deeply impacted by. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. Welcome to the show. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the suffering and pain in the world? That there isn't much you can do about it? Our guest today shares how he discovered the unique gift God had planted in him, a gift to bless the world, the gift of an artist. The first and greatest artist of all made everything out of absolutely nothing. The creation story in Genesis shows God creating for the sheer joy of it, delighting in his creation, celebrating because of it, singing over it, filled with joy because of it. Joy is at the beginning of everything, at the heart of the universe, and most of all, it's there when God makes people. He makes people to share in his joy and in his love. We're created to love and to be loved. The world was made to be good and beautiful and filled with love, and yet everywhere we look, there is pain and suffering and hatred. By chapter 3 of Genesis, we see God's children running away from him and hiding in the shadows and deciding they would be far better off without him. Creation starts to unravel and come undone and go wrong. But right there at the very beginning, God makes a promise. He will come and rescue his children Rescue them from the darkness and sickness and tears and from death. He will come to mend his broken world. Today's guest, Shobaraka, talks about the incredible invitation we've been given to join in God's beautiful work of loving the world, of bringing shalom, and how creating is an act of love. I think it was Tim Keller who said that art is one of the ways we reweave the fabric of the broken world. What a beautiful perspective. Artists participating in God's work of loving the world, of reweaving the fabric of the broken world, of bringing shalom, peace, justice, human flourishing, I love Sho's artistry and his passion and his heart. He talks about hip-hop, activism, communities, and the transformational power of the gospel to help both individuals and communities. Art matters. Creating is risk. To love is to risk. Vincent van Gogh said, I feel there is nothing more truly artistic than to love people. Without further ado, here is my friend and yours, 
the wonderful Sho Baraka. My name is Sho Baraka. I am an artist, creator, writer, author. Some just call me a polymath. <laughs> so I grew up in a, a household that was somewhat, I guess, engaged in church activity, but I wouldn't say that we were a household that was deeply shaped by spiritual formation, if you will. We went to church regularly, but apart from that, we didn't really have a whole lot of interaction with the scriptures, nor with some of the spiritual disciplines of the faith. And uh, later in my life, we got to high school, my father and one of my older brothers became a Christian and began to read the word, follow it, apply it, just live it out in ways that was somewhat strange to the rest of us. I had went through some things in my early college life that I realized that I couldn't change on my own. And so through the relationship I had with my father and brother, I just knew there was something interesting about this new life that they began to talk about, that they lived, this new calm and understanding that they had. And I started to seek it out for myself. I came to see and to know Jesus for myself. And it was quite an interesting experience for me. A young man in college who just was really interested in living his life. I figured for the first time I was going to party as much as I wanted to, to do the things I wanted to do without the responsibility of having to like answer to my parents. But the Lord had different plans for me. And uh, the first mistake was I started going to a Bible study <laughs> regularly. And that Bible study changed my life. And ever since that moment of going to a conference and submitting unto the Lord, which was my sophomore year in college, I just knew like I couldn't live the same. And so since then, though life hasn't been perfect, though I've been a messy individual and in trying to live up my faith, the one thing that I can say is consistent is that I've tried to at least submit all that I do, whether it be my skills, my relationships, my thought life, and my day-to-day -day actions unto the Lord. What pleases Him? What doesn't please Him? And how do I live my life, not just for my own purpose, but for the benefit of other people as well? I knew that I was a creative. I grew up in Southern California. My mother pushed upon me different kinds of creative art, creative expressions. My aunt worked in Hollywood. And I just love performance. I loved entertainment. But I felt like as I was becoming this mature, growing in my Christian faith, there was really no space for me to explore that creative identity in the church. And I was struggling with, who am I? What do I become? And so most of the people that I knew, great men and women, worked in Christian vocation. They were either pastors, missionaries, or worked for college campus organizations. And I just knew that wasn't for me, but I knew that these folks were great influences in my life. So I was wrestling like, should I not pursue film and television or music and become a campus minister? Should I become a missionary? And so eventually I said, you know, I'm just going to try to figure this thing out. So I continued to pursue my radio, television, film career. Once I graduated, I met other individuals who are hip hop artists and love the Lord. And we decided, look, man, let's start a label. Let's create a movement of people who are excited about Jesus, but love hip hop. And we're going to preach the gospel through our music. And uh, we're going to try to see if this can be something that we can make a career out of. The thing that we all had in common is that we came from communities that we felt 
had either issues that needed to be addressed socially as well as spiritually. And so that kind of transitioned us from not just being entertainers, but being people who were cared about the impact and the social impacts of the the lives of those people who lived in the communities and the cities in which we lived. And not only that, but we traveled a lot. And so we got to see some of the communities in other countries and that as individuals who love the Lord with all our heart, mind, body. And so we couldn't just ignore the earthly hell that people lived in and just preach a heaven and say, you know, wait to the the by and by for you to, to see glory, but God has called us to bring all things to his glorious redemption. And so that kind of created this desire to not only just be artists, but to be activists as well. When I think about activism from a Christian standpoint, I think activism is just being aware of the social conditions that are present before us. Christopher J.H. Wright, who is a theologian, has a book called Old Testament Ethics for the People of God. And he has this excerpt where he talks about poverty is not accidental. And he says all Old Testament analysis proves or shows that poverty is caused and it's usually caused by people's own self-interest. And if that is the case, then obviously today we can see that people just don't wake up with the decision that they want to be poor, lazy, and violent. There are oftentimes conditions that perpetuate that. And so if the gospel is a tool that not only transforms people's hearts, it also transforms their surroundings. I have this belief that the the gospel is not just a message that is cognitive, but it's also corporeal, it's physical as well. And so for me, there is no disconnecting the, the physical element of the transformational power of the gospel with the mental transformation. Jesus heals people as well as saves souls, right? Because he recognizes, I am here to not only give you a mental and heart change, I see that these conditions that have kept you from living a flourishing life, I want to solve that for you. I want to heal you in that. And hopefully you will have a more abundant life. I often think like, man, I hope that I can position myself as someone who has who can learn from the people that I'm around. And so I try to extend grace and hospitality to people who operate in different spaces than I am. And so, you know, you obviously have your core group of individuals who usually think very much like you, have similar ideologies like you. And oftentimes some of those people even look like you, but it's very helpful to expand your circle of influence past the people who you feel are your most intimate, you know, in many places we live, they're great metropolis and those places are dense and diverse. And so it's almost impossible to exist in these types of areas and ignore the diversity that is before us. But that doesn't mean uniformity. That doesn't mean that we have to be all uniform. It just means that we have to practice dignity in the difference. And that's not always easy. We must be very charitable And we have to be very steeped in goodwill and not assume the worst about the people that we would think are our opposition, if they're our opposition at all. God saw all that he had made and he loved them. And they were lovely because he loved them. But God saved the best for last. From the beginning, God had a shining dream in his heart. He would make people to share his forever happiness. They would be his children, and the world would be their perfect home. God creates people 
So he creates us. And that means he's given us his attributes, like a father or a mother. You know, parents create children. And those children reflect not only like the physical appearances of their parents, but they often take on some of the behavioral traits. And in the same sense, God creates us, right? And in his creation, we take on some of his attributes. And that's a beautiful thing. And so now we have the opportunity to reciprocate or to to live out the attributes of God's love, of his grace, of his creativity, of his mercy. And, and we get to share that happiness, right? And we get to do these things as his children, but we get to demonstrate that in this world. In a sense, started off perfect. It's not so perfect now, but we have a chance to redeem and to reconcile all of these great things unto the God who made it beautiful and perfect. And so to be a part of that action on a daily basis, to be a part of the, the team, if you will, that gets to participate in the reconciliation and the redemption of God's work is a beautiful task. It's a beautiful responsibility. And I, I couldn't ask for a greater role and responsibility than to be one of God's children and to participate in the redemption of the world. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always and forever love.